Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Maybe you've heard some of the news coming out of Jefferson City. The Missouri legislature has been meeting for a month now in a special session focused on violent crime. The session was called by Missouri Governor Mike Parson. But the governor didn't necessarily get what he wanted right away. In fact, in one case, the Missouri House did just the opposite of his request. It's been a very busy special session with a lot of moving parts and even some breaking news this morning. And so it felt like high time to check in with St. Louis Public Radio's Jefferson City State House reporter. That is, of course, Jacqueline Driscoll, and she joins us today. So, Jacqueline Driscoll, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, let's start with that breaking news. What happened just this morning uh, within the Missouri Senate? So, this has been a busy day so far in the Missouri Senate um, right now. They've passed a couple bills that already had final approval in the House, so those will go straight to the governor. Um, Those bills at this time are House Bill 66. This creates a witness protection fund. Um, there was some hang up about this in the House, although the topic is generally uh, has a lot of bipartisan support. There was no appropriation capability within this, this bill. So there's no real way to fund the program yet, but it does create the program. Well, so what's also, the, the let me just interject here, Jacqueline. What's the point <laughs> of that? They're creating a, a program, but not designating funding for it. Is this program going to be able to do anything? Right. So the idea um, was that they needed to create the fund first and that there would be some time in between where um, people would need to access the resources. So it wasn't that big of a deal. That was the conversation we heard in the House, um, the fact that it wasn't funded yet. Um, However, some people saying that this special session is just a way for Governor Parson to garner up support before the November election. Use this as an opportunity to seize upon, saying, see, we're just doing things out in the open that don't really do much. Um, the idea is that lawmakers will have to come back for a second special legislative session to actually fund this program. Oh, my. Okay, so this is headed to the governor's desk, but they're going to have to come back, take a second bite at the apple for this to do anything. Is the plan to also try to do that before the election this fall? The plan, I believe, right now is to do it during the veto session, to run concurrently with the veto session since lawmakers will be back anyway. There is talk that they may just hold off until the the session that begins in January. We don't really know yet. That'll be at the call of the governor. And Jacqueline, this might be a really stupid question, but what is the point of putting forward this bill the way that they've put it forward? Is there any reason that you would want to vote on something like this now, send it to the governor now, when they're going to have to come back anyway to get the funding for it? So it's a really good question. It's not a stupid question at all. A lot of us, a lot of us in the media, have asked the same question. However, we heard from the bill sponsor that actually funding the program could go outside, technically, of the governor's call for the special session. So they may not have been able to actually do it anyway. Um, so yeah, it's kind of left up in the air, and we're just flying by the seat of our pants, following along what lawmakers do. So sort of a procedural thing there, that they may not have had the ability to do that part of it this time around. Right. Interesting. Okay, so that is now headed to the governor's desk, but no witnesses should get ready to get paid anytime soon. That is one thing that happened this morning. What else happened this morning? The big one for St. Louis, the residency requirements did pass. Um, So this would remove the residency requirements for St. Louis police officers and other emergency responders. It allows them to live within a one-hour response time. Um, Again, this is important uh, because a lot of 
St. Louis Democrats are saying this goes against local control. This goes to the voters in November. We should leave it up to voters to decide. However, we've heard from Mayor Letta Cruzen, we've heard from St. Louis Police Chief John Hayden that we need to do this now because their department, the police department, is down significantly the number of officers that they have. And they need to be able to recruit officers to the department in order to properly staff. Um, so what, a way to kind of work around that, lawmakers in the Senate decided to include a three-year sunset in the matter. So what that means is the legislature did approve this. So St. Louis residency requirements are lifted after the governor signs the bill. It still goes to the people on the ballot in November. If the people decide that they, do, they no longer want to eliminate these residency requirements, after that three-year sunset, the law will be lifted, and it'll go back to incorporating residency requirements for the police department. Boy, they Does just that make sense. They it's just can't make hard. anything simple here, can they? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to guess. So, if I'm getting this right, um, St. Louis city voters were planning to vote this November on whether or not to lift residency requirements, so that that cops could live outside the city, as you say, within like an hour's drive of that. This is going to jumpstart that. Assuming the governor signs this, which I think it's it's fair to say he's going to sign this, even before November, they'll be able to move on hiring these cops, and no matter what the city voters say this will be the law in the city for the next three years. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct, um, because they did go ahead and approve an emergency clause that was tacked onto that bill, so it will take effect right after the governor signs the bill. Um, also, it's worth noting, it, it gets rather technical. I'd have to look at the specific ballot language for uh, the November ballot, what uh, St. Louis residents are voting on. But if they also, if they do end up voting yes, to lift the residency requirements, that would essentially just make make the the bill, you know, stand in place even after the three year sunset, if that makes sense. Okay. So we'd be approving this bill going down the road by saying yes to, yes. to lifting this. Mm-hmm. This question might be somewhat in the weeds, but let's say an officer is hired um, during this three year period, and let's say that city voters say no. And so this this law is only in effect for three years. Do those officers then have to move into the city? They do not. They will be grandfathered in. Ah, okay. So a lot of interesting things as far as where St. Louis police are allowed to live. As you say, this was passed this morning then. This now heads to the governor? This now heads to the governor. Yep, the House and the Senate have both approved this. Okay. So that's the other big thing that happened this morning. Anything else that uh, made it through the Senate? Uh, Well, we've got uh, one bill, House Bill 11, which deals with endangering a child in the first degree. Um, the Senate did add an amendment onto that, which basically, again, this is extremely technical, and they changed one word from it's to there, dealing with uh, certain types of drugs and, and allowing giving those to minors. Um, so that's a really technical change. I, I assume that the House will approve it and send it right on back, so the governor will sign that bill. Um, but that's pretty much where we're at right now. Uh, we also have House Bill 2, which deals with the admissibility of certain witness statements. The House was discussing this bill right before they stood at ease, just before I spoke with you, got on the phone to speak with you. Um, Senator Bob Onder, during the discussion on this bill, offered an amendment regarding concurrent jurisdiction, which is also an important one for St. Louis City. This allows the Attorney General to come in to try murder charges in St. Louis. 
um, kind of looking around the circuit attorney. Mm -hmm. So this was something that caused a a lot of, you know, this grabbed a lot of attention. Uh, Obviously, circuit attorney Kim Gardner was not happy with this. Not sure where things stand right now, because, again, the Senate stood at ease, but that is a part of the discussion right now. And so I know that was part of what the governor had been asking for. There had been a lot of pushback on that, and there was thinking maybe there wasn't support for that. The fact that this is now showing up again in this House bill, too, it's fair to say this isn't dead yet. I don't know if it's fair to say this isn't dead yet or if this is kind of a way to talk about it and the need for assistance in St. Louis. A lot of times you'll see senators and and representatives standing up kind of, I don't want to say grandstanding, but making sure their points are heard. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the amendment will be accepted because some are saying that it, it goes beyond the scope of the bill, so it shouldn't be allowed to be added. However, we in the House, they did not take up this measure at all. And we heard from House Speaker Elijah Har when he spoke to the media that that was because there just wasn't enough support for this. So if let's say it does make it through the Senate, there's still a major hurdle in the House. And this amendment, this is coming from Bob Onder. He's a Republican senator from the St. Charles area. He previously had a different amendment that wasn't successful that would have allowed the governor to remove the St. Louis circuit attorney for any number of reasons, including, I believe, incompetency was listed as one Mm -hmm. of them. It seems like he maybe has a real interest in in trying to uh, come after uh, St. Louis circuit attorney Kim Gardner. I think that that's a fair assessment. Jason Rosenbaum and I did a politically speaking episode with him where you can go listen to that at length. And he does have some serious concerns about what's happening in St. Louis. He says there is a serious crime problem, which I think it's fair to say that everyone agrees with. But he is laying that at the feet of Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. Now, this this previous proposal to give concurrent jurisdiction to the Missouri Attorney General, this um, faced some real pushback from the Association of Prosecuting Attorneys. Many of them Republicans throughout the state of Missouri. They came out unanimously against this. Do you think the governor was caught off guard by the fact that there was such opposition to this coming even from his own party? You know, we've we've spoken to the governor, those of us in the press, about this, and I, I don't know that I would characterize uh, that he was caught off guard. I do believe um, he didn't totally expect as much pushback as he got, but I also believe he, you know, he wa- he thought he would get some pushback on this, even mm-hmm. from Republican senators and representatives within the chamber. However, he does say that he believes. Um, the press is mischaracterizing what this means, and it's not a political jab. It's just about getting murderers off the streets in St. Louis. Those were his words. Hmm. So speaking of pushback, I think we'd be remiss if in talking about all these things going on at the special session, we didn't talk about one small part of this that ended up generating some national publicity, raised a lot of eyebrows here. And that is, if my understanding of this is correct, the governor had asked the legislature to increase penalties for people who give guns to juveniles. But the Missouri House ended up sort of going rogue on his request there. What happened there last week? Right. So the House basically took out language that would make it a misdemeanor for someone to give a gun to a child without parental consent. The idea behind that was some of the concerns that stem from rural representatives was, hey, what if, you know, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent wants to take a kid out shooting target practice? Is that going to, you know, are they going to be charged with a crime? So the House wrapped that language all together, which, you know, 
obviously we saw could have some serious repercussions with with no parental consent needed to give a child a gun. However, in the Senate committee yesterday, the Senate cleared that up. They reinstituted that language. They added that to the bill. And that is going to be moved through the Senate today, which means that will head back to the House with that language back in. And the representative, the bill sponsor, Representative Nick Schroer, says that he believes the House will support that because there were some unintended consequences about removing that language. He actually said in the Senate committee yesterday, in hindsight, he believes that there was a better way to address those concerns. Hmm. That was very interesting. As a parent, I I certainly could see how uh, what maybe had some good intentions could end up being used in ways that the parents would have been very upset about. Did anyone point to any cases of grandparents or other family members? Um, who faced charges for this. There was a problem here that, that needed to be cleared up. No, because if you looked closely at the language, it, it laid out that this had to be done with reckless intent, mm-hmm. which I, I don't believe that any um, you know family member would have a reckless intent to give a child a gun. I mean, again, when I covered the state house in Illinois, it's very similar to covering the state house in Missouri. Rural and urban areas look at firearms in a totally different light. When you say gun in Chicago or St. Louis, it's totally different than when you talk about guns in rural Missouri or rural Illinois. So this this piece of legislation, I think, is um, particularly unique and, and needs to get some you know further input from both the rural and urban representatives to make sure they're taking care of any unintended consequences. Okay. Well, there's a whole lot that is is moving forward here. And as you say, there's this this one bill, this House Bill 2, they're going to be back to discussing later today. Anything left on the agenda for this special session that we haven't yet discussed? Oh, gosh, I hope not, Sarah. I think that's all. (laughs) So this could be the end here. Um, Then what will happen next? They might have to come back in order to just clear up some funding for this witness protection bill if they choose to do that. Right. So the House will definitely have to come back. We already know that um, on a couple, at least two of the of the bills that are moving through the Senate, they will have to come back to clear up that language to approve the amendments that the Senate, the Senate did add. Hopefully that's done quickly. And it's a very, you know, maybe one or two days back in uh, session to send those on to the governor to get them signed. Then we'll be back in September for a veto session, which could possibly be the time when they address the witness protection fund. Okay. Well, there's there's been a lot that's happened here in the last month, and, and you've done a great job of, of um, trying to make it make sense for those of us who are on the outside looking in. So, uh, Jacqueline <laughs> Sorry, Driscoll, yeah, this is some tough stuff here. I mean, man, we really did get in the weeds today, but, but thank you, Jacqueline, for walking us through all of this. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. And that was St. Louis Public Radio State House reporter Jacqueline Driscoll joining us uh, by phone from Jefferson City. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.